guys, you're here with Dr. Molly. Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly. And Todd Rowland. And we're bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today we're here with Denise Perot, and she is the ambitious groomer, and we are excited to talk to her. We uh, saw her classes at PetQuest, and we've had a chance to talk to her. She is an industry expert on policies, procedures, training, why onboarding is so critical, why continuing education matters, and she has really taken her business um, to a, a high standard and a high level. And so we're excited to get to talk to her today. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Great. So are we. Um, so tell us a little bit of how you got started in the grooming industry and how you um, kind of got your business going and, you know, how it's taken off from there. So I started, oh gosh, I've been grooming 26 years now. Um, oh, wow. Somewhere. Yeah, I've been grooming a long time. <laughs> I actually started at our local career center um, and they taught grooming along with horses and like pet shop. Um, I had never even known what grooming was. I had short haired dogs and it was my least favorite rotation. I hated every minute of it. I didn't like grooming. They would have to find me. I know. Right. Um, I mean, it epitome of irony. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they still use me. I'm, I'm actually really close to them and they use me as an example, but I needed a job after high school. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like it. And um, this was back in the day before uh, no cell phones. So I was flipping through the paper and I saw a grooming position. Um, I'm like, well, I learned how to do it. I need a job. Why not? And they took a chance on me. Uh, 26 years ago, it wasn't the same as what it is now. Corporates didn't exist. Right. Um, barely, you know, I think there was like one or two pet smarts. So the grooming industry, like the grooming industry itself was still really small and, um, they needed a groomer and I was lucky to find a place that taught me my finishing work, but it was a very busy salon. And that's very important to the rest of my story because we were four groomers, 30 to 40 dogs in a day wow. and one day there. Yeah, we were both like two to three weeks out and we were very much, we were like East Side Cleveland, which is the affluent area, everyone, you know. Um, okay. So I learned in a very predominant area like that. So we got, and back then there were no doodles. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doodles. I just, I feel bad for everyone getting into the industry who hasn't had an opportunity to learn on these purebred dogs. Right. Um, but yeah, we got very diverse area. So I got to learn, I mean, any, almost all the breeds, people didn't want to have the same breeds. Yeah. Um, I was there great. for about, yeah. And I was there for about two and a half years. Um, but it was about 45 minutes to an hour away. And I had found a part-time job, um, in the same city I lived in and their full-time groomer quit. And it was at a vet clinic. Um, and another part that's, uh, is a good foundation to my background is I was the only groomer when I started there. I was there for 13 years and I had grown it to the point where it was um, four groomers, oh, wow. four groomers underneath me. Yeah. Um, so I've always had a match for people, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I could keep all of us as a team together. Yeah. Um, I was there for 13 years. I'm that typical groomer who had a toxic environment. And the next step was just my own business. And my husband, um, there were a lot of events that were happening and he found a place and he pretty much said, oh, this is what you're doing. And he pushed me yeah. <laughs> over that ledge. There you go. Um, yeah. And in two months we had our location and stuff. 
And I started with my first one with no clients, no nothing, bare uh, minimum from scratch. And that will be almost 10 years ago in January. Wow. Awesome. So, yeah. That's a scary step. <laughs> oh, it was huge. And and yeah, it it was a lot. I would sit there and cry. I had I, I left a really cushiony schedule. I want to say I made 55% because it was a vet clinic, right? Yeah. Um, my clientele, I wasn't accepting new clients. I was booked out forever. And yeah. Um, um right. And I was working part-time hours with full-time pay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I left that. And then <laughs> yeah. I would in my salon and cry for 10 hours because I had two people. Um, it was a lot. It was very scary, but that hustle also helped grow it too. I bet. So, um, what is your, uh, your salons and your business kind of look like now? Oh, it's definitely grown a lot. So, um, the first year within the first year I got my, uh, within the first six months I had hired my first employee, part-time employee. Um, and then in my, after year one, I had two full-time employees and then it sort of has grown, um, Two and a half years after, or two years after that, I purchased my second location. Um, so I've had that one going on eight years. That was an existing, uh, but no employees. Uh, I knew the owners. They were actually selling, trying to sell for over two years than when I was doing my build out. So I knew the owners. Yeah. You're ready for that second location. I'm like, huh? By the way, never on my radar to own more than one. (laughs) Um, but I'm a say yes, figure it out later. I'm like, well, I don't know. Sure. Why not? What's another challenge? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's one more thing. And yeah, I purchased that one. That one needed a turnaround. Um, it, it was just old school, uh, older clientele. They, like I said, it was only them too. So I had to figure out how to man that one. Um, a little bit of a different scenario. The people out there weren't real nice. Um, to us, they, they were slighted. I don't blame them. They were slighted. They didn't realize that their groomers wanted to sell. And then all of a sudden there's new owners on. Um, so I get it. And then, um, yeah, I found a need, uh, let's see a year and a half ago. I found a need. We groom cats. Only three of our groomers, uh, are cat groomers. Okay. Uh, three or four, I think I've grown one, but there was three of us and a lot of people in the area weren't doing it. And, um, we were just getting slammed and I felt really bad for these cats. They weren't in a really good environment for me to be able to do uh, the dogs barking. We were in a smaller facility. It, I couldn't find the time. One location's open seven days a week, you know, and yeah. I came home and I told my husband, I need a cat salon. And he told me, no, and I said, <laughs> uh, no, I need a cat salon. And he said, no. And he said, no, three times. Um, but when I told him the number side, I'm like, listen, you don't need the stuff that you need for dogs. You need a small facility, low overhead. You don't need the electrical little cages, nothing major. And actually I'm sitting in, I use it as my office actually, because it's only open three days a week. My office sometimes, um, and 67 days later, I got my cats on. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it made a lot of sense. It's like 400 square feet. It is my best location as far as profitability goes. Um, the first year we did $82,000. Um, and I don't know if I told you guys any of this really in our classes, but so yeah, this location made um, over $82,000 first year. We're That's only awesome. open by appointment yeah. only, sometimes not even three days a week. And um, 
Yeah, I sold cat hair and made over $8,000 our first year. <laughs> cat hair alone and dirty cat hair alone. So it covered my whole overhead. Yeah, that's awesome. well, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so now we're up to two groomers and one uh, helper each day at the one. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who think they want to get started and they don't know how or where. And then their mind just goes to, I have to have the biggest, the nicest, all the equipment at one time. And it's like, you don't have to start that or that might not be what you actually need. Like, I know um, we had not even prior to taking your class had even thought about a standalone cat salon. And then after hearing your story, it's like, well, we actually... Our market's kind of the same. We're in a bigger city um, for our mobiles, but there's really not a lot of cat groomers. There's one salon that one day a month they do cats only, but okay. um, it's just there's way more of a need than than the one day a month. And so it's kind of something we've been toying with, too. And just finding that specific little niche or something, too, it like to stand you out like you are cats only. It's stress-free it's quiet it's no dogs you know it's i don't that's just a a great concept that you know it, people don't even think about they don't and it was funny everyone thought i was like this big innovative thinker no i actually <laughs> wasn't um i know a few different cat only locations and um in my career i've done competitions and and stuff like that and i met one who owns one in pittsburgh and she was my judge for a rescue me competition when I did it through IJA. And um, it's sort of, that's sort of what got my, cause I knew she existed and I'm like, well, this could be a thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I just, and then there is another person in our area that was a cat only too. Um, but everyone thought I reinvent, like I didn't reinvent the wheel there. Are, yeah. They exist. Everyone yeah. thought it was the weird. We had such weird feedback on it. It was so funny. I had on like the local Facebook pages, I really hope they last. I'm like, oh, just you wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait. You know, and I'm like, you build it and they will come. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it's it. Owning a business is all about finding those little niches and trying to reinvent yourself. And I'm actually learning that now, 10 years in. So a little bit more in depth in a different way. So, yeah. I love That's it. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. I thought we had all our voices off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um we took, oh, we took you know two of your classes at pet quest in june yeah. and we really enjoyed them and we thought we were good on the policy side until we sat through your class and then it's like you think about all the things that come up and if you're not in your salon every day because you have multiple locations or you get mobiles or you're where you know we're expanding into uh grooming and um <laughs> boarding and daycare yeah and oh, okay. so we're building out that space right now. So that's taken our time. We're there a lot, you know, meeting contractors and all that thing. And so the policies really come in handy. You know, if we can't answer our phone right that second, just like Molly brought up earlier with, we had a power outage and we was, we didn't have a policy for that. You know, how long do we wait before we call the pet parents and so on and so on. And so it's everything imaginable you need to have a policy for. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I learned all, everything in my classes, I was that person who learned, um, yeah, firsthand and the hard way I made the mistakes. Uh, when I started my business, there wasn't a lot out there for pet industry. Like, I love that you guys are doing this podcast. This is great. Um, one of the reasons why I started speaking on, so a little quick thing about the whole speaking thing. 
I actually didn't want to speak on employees at all. I, you know, when I hired Mary Aquendo, I had this idea of how to grow your own groomers because the shortage back then. Right. And I'm very efficient. I don't need to hire groomers. Really. I can grow my own. And I, I had this whole idea of getting other business owners to grow their own. And as I was working with her, she's like, Denise, you need to speak on employees. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to. I want no part of it. And she and she's like, but you got it. And I'm like, I don't care. That's not what I want to do. Because I I just that wasn't in my brain at the time. And then the more I started embracing it, I'm like, okay, fine, I can but I learned the hard way on a lot of those things. And Honestly, I just got sick and tired of repeating myself over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. That's kind of where we got. Um, we have a handbook that we give out and stuff, and it has our policies and everything in it. And but there was really no enforcement of those policies. It's like we didn't actually have a discipline structure of so it was a lot of someone would be late 15 times and yeah we would do a write-up and go over it and it's like but there was no ramifications so they still just kept coming and coming so that's something that we've recently implemented you know kind of almost like a three-strike rule for a lot of our policies and um it's kind of it's different now you know we we got some backlash from it but it also seems like they're listening and they're caring more. You know, we haven't had an accident where that was unavoidable. We haven't had the tardiness we'd been having. Like, so just even though you don't want to do it necessarily and you don't want to have an enforcement policy, like just having that just helps everything flow better too. It does. And I had, I struggled really hard with leaving the vet clinic and having people above me. It was really easy, even though I was the one who sort of, I, I ran the whole grooming department. The vet clinic didn't care. It was the typical, you're just there to offer something a little bit more. The groomers pretty much ran it. I'm the one who sort of took charge and, and organized it the way that I did. Um, and I struggled hard when I first opened being, I'm now that person who has to come up with everything. I'm the person who makes the rules. And it was so easy for me to just sort of, when I said them, not follow them through. And it, it gave me that backbone to be able to say, no, when someone comes in, these are the expectations. And it alleviated a lot of stress and mental anguish just by doing that with owning the business. Yeah. That's nice. I, I even think if you're a one person show, you should have a handbook for yourself. That way you set the boundaries with your clients and, and what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Like, no, I'm sorry, it's against our policies to do this. Like just to have something that you can refer back to and stick to. Like when I started, this is what I said I was not going to do. And I think it's, and then especially if you start growing, you already need to have those in place before you hire that first employee. And I know a lot of people they'll like, oh, it's just me and so-and-so and I don't need them. And I'm like, no, that's when you really do need them. You hired that friend that you used to work with. That's, yeah. you definitely need them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's sort of how it was like, we're all, all adults. We know all how to clean. We all know how to be responsible. Wrong answer. I have a code of conduct that was because of my second employee that was in her fifties that would throw things and mistreat. And I don't even say mistreat, but you got, she wasn't rough with the animals, but loud, right? You could tell that frustration. It was yeah. definitely not that energy. Um, just she, yeah. And I'm like, really, I have to do this for someone. 
you know, you don't think about it. And um, yeah, that was you, the things you don't think about. Yeah. And another thing that really hit home for us was when you were talking about not just policies, but your procedures, like your hand, your standard operating procedures, like literally how to sweep a floor, how to do laundry, how to, because you do take for granted that everyone knows how to do that. And everyone knows, but they're not going to do it to the standard that you need. And then they're not going to feel trained. And then like, they don't know your expectations. So just having everything clear cut and how to do it, what's expected, what's not acceptable, I think, and going through that from the beginning, um, those are things that we didn't really have in place. Like I said, we had the policies, but not so much the procedures. And so we've been working on that. So when we get to our new space, we can easily implement that with anyone we hire now. Like this is how, this is why, here's where you can find it if we're not here. And then there should be no confusion. And then they're not confused and sitting there wondering what they should be doing. Correct. And um, as you grow, you know, I have, I haven't had to train a new receptionist for a long time with full-time receptionist. So like our evening receptionist, it dies down a lot in the evening. So there's not as much hustle and bustle and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I had to go ahead and I have this new receptionist and all the things we add so many as business owners, we pick all these little things that we change throughout, even on a daily basis, right? Oh, this isn't working. Let's sort of add this, or let's tweak how we say this or, and over time, all those little things add up. And I have this new, she's younger and I have her a new receptionist and I'm like, holy crap, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot to teach somebody and or for someone to comprehend because as much as it's spelled out, it's all those little details. Um, But they were so small as we grew. And now all of a sudden I'm training someone new. I'm like, oh, this is a lot. And now I'm having to train a little bit differently um, because I'm like, oh, I can't expect them to remember all this or figure that, you know, like, so now I actually have to like break that down a little bit more and it's a little bit of a different process even now for training and, and that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's That's nice a to good have it. thing to notice though, you know, that <laughs> you, you don't want to overwhelm and you don't want to just too much at one time. And so now what are, um, what's one thing that you found that has been like most beneficial or most helpful to you as a business owner in training and setting up and also like that you can give to the industry is kind of like a little tidbit. Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, and I thought about this when you sent over the questions and I'm like, gosh, there's so many different ones. Um, but I think be who you are, right? Like, uh, when I did, and this is just, I, I want to give groomers that chance to be individuals. Your business can stand out. There's not one necessarily one way to do everything. And that's why I started getting into the business side of things and being more comfortable with it because there wasn't a lot out for pet industry business, right? I had two speakers. One, I actually, um, one, I had the booth next to over at, um, they own retro stylist wear, but then they also own a whole bunch in Indiana. Right. Um, Brett Wilson, he was one of the speakers and Chris Berry, that was it. And then everything I looked for outside was, um, non-industry specific and really not even service industry specific. 
So I struggled um, because I always copied those and then I would fail. And then I realized over time, I'm like, no, I just have to take what feels right with me and roll with it and sort of hodgepodge everything I'm learning. Right. So I think being fluid and open minded to everything and stand behind is the biggest thing I would like to give to anybody. And that's grooming, competition, grooming, business owners, anything in life, just stand behind how you see it. Um, be open, be humble, but, um, it's not a one size fits all for everything. No, it's definitely not. And that whole being open thing, that's a good point because we come across so many either business owners or even just groomers that have been somewhere for so long and they're not really open to new products, new styles, new suggestions, um, new branding, anything, you know, well, this is how I've always done it and it's worked fine. And, you know, and some people are okay with fine, but you also want to grow and adapt. And that's one thing I've really noticed in the industry is, is the groomers want to involved in all this stuff but we're there's so many salon owners whether it be corporate or you know individual that they're stuck in their ways but yet they wonder why they they're having a hard time staffing and it's like right. you know one of my favorite things is that you know we met someone and they were just having such a hard time retaining employees but she made everybody work every saturday and we have people that work Saturday, but it's because it fits their schedule better, not mm-hmm. ours. And we're like, and they're like, well, how are you continuing to grow through the staffing storage? And we're like, well, because, you know, we have goals that our employees have to meet, but we try to work around their schedules. And it was just like, well, I have to be open on Saturday. Well, maybe, but does every single groomer have to work every single Saturday? Like you're going to lose a good groomer because of, you know, I've said this before, so, you know, soccer mom wants to go to her kid's game one Saturday. And so many people are just so set in every industry I've ever been involved in. You're constantly involving and changing to keep up. And in this industry, it seems like so many people are stuck. (laughs) It's like a comfort, right? It was, oh, this is how I was taught. This is what I came from Um, without to get it without even getting into debate or anything about 1099 W2. I mean, that's sort of where you get that. thought I set the ringers off. Um, (laughs) But Sorry. Um, so that's, you know, everyone is set in their ways, the 50% thing, the, you know, and then the industry's in this really weird funk, right? We have like yeah. you guys taking the class. My classes are getting bigger, which is amazing. When I took them, they were small. Um, I love watching them grow. I love seeing people eager to try new things or take into consideration new things. Um, but those old school ways is not generationally. And I speak about generations and stuff in my classes, like you guys know, these newer generations that are coming through the pipeline that are our workers, that doesn't fly. You can't use those old school methods. And without evolving, um, we're also hindering the next generation of groomers and they don't want to do it or they're, you know, so when I speak and I do the whole thing, it's twofold. It's not only to help business owners, but it's also to give more better places for employees to work for too. Yeah. But yeah, this, this industry has always had that problem. That's um, one that's reason. Yeah. We really wanted to start this because, you know, the Facebook groups are helpful, but what I find in there is people ask such a simple question and you have this whole group of people who attack them. Then the other people start attacking those comments. And it's like her original or his or her original question never was answered. <laughs> 
they're they're oh. probably even more confused now. And so I was just like, we need to create a positive environment. Yeah. People to be able to ask questions. And we're very open, like it's not our way or the highway. Like we don't have we're always changing things. Like you said, I mean, all the time you have to yep. constantly change things. You need a strong foundation to fall back on, or you don't have a business structure. But all the things in between that foundation and where your goals are is very fluid and open. And it can go in so many different directions. You know, I never, when I started, uh, my I had no business background. Um, I was sort of sink or swim. My husband helped to an extent, but then he had his full-time job and I had no paycheck coming in. So I was sort of sink or swim and having to figure this stuff out. I would have never told you 10 years ago that I have three locations, 30 employees, and that we're actually looking at two more locations. Um, I would have never in a million years, but if I wasn't fluid in everything, I, I wouldn't have grown to where I'm at and I really enjoy it. So yeah, they it, the industry is just really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird industry. <laughs> it really is. Um, I hope we can over, we will, we'll overcome this hurdle and it's looking up, you know, stuff like this, the podcasts that are coming out, um, you know, people who are actually caring about making it more professional. Yeah. And we've noticed too, at a lot of these expos and conferences and things, they are adding more classes on non-technique stuff, stuff about how to preserve your body, how to decompress mm -hmm. mentally, you know, a retirement, building a better team, you know, policies and procedures, you know, they're focusing more on the longevity of the career and the business side and not just skill work. So I, I agree. I think we're definitely evolving as an industry. Uh, we just need to keep it up. <laughs> yes. And that's where it gets a little tricky um, as far as finding the proper information too, like you said, with the Facebook groups, right? Like everyone has an opinion, but they're really, when it comes to the business side, there are facts. <laughs> There's yep. actually facts to follow and laws and legalities. Um, and and it's just making everyone aware of what those actually are, too. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's like some people, I mean, spend the $300 and get you an accountant or something and get go over some stuff. Facebook is not your resource for everything. And it's just like, just see so much bad information out there. And I know people are just trying to be helpful, but it's like you're you're not when you're spreading more and more information that's not well plus and some of this stuff varies by state by city by county you know there's just different rules for everyone and it's, it's not a one size fits all. i know not too long ago <laughs> we've seen one where it's in a mobile group and they're like well, where do you dump your i'm starting i'm fist to start out on the first of august or whatever and where do you dump your gray water tank well everybody you know there's 50 you know everybody has different answers it's like you have to find out your actual city because like the city our salons in you can do pretty much whatever they don't care but our mobiles you know you have to go into a certain drain car like and it's yeah. just but yeah you know somebody will read that that's in a whole different state oh they just dump it in their yard okay we're good you know and then wonder why they're getting a fine three months oh. later and wow. <laughs> yeah we know about that we actually had a girl that forgot to turn her tank closed and was driving and someone from codes was just behind him and oh, she get an email and a call and um, they're like, you know, you're violating the policy. And we had looked the policy up when we got started and then our, our city had no policy on it. And, uh, so we're like, okay, well, if you could just direct us to that policy, because we're not aware of it. 
And they didn't. So then a month later, we get an email with the new policy. And it's like, <laughs> you know, please share this in the grooming community. And, you know, so things change, but you have, if you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So you have to always be looking for that too, you know, to see what's next and what you need to follow. And yeah, you can't just go because prior to that, you know, I would have been like, no, we don't have to, but you know, had it not come up. Yep. And you have to be willing to be, it goes to that humble thing, right? You have to know that it's not, you're not going to know everything. Um, and I struggled with that a lot too, was, oh no, this is how it is. And, you know, and things change. Like I said, with my handbook, when I give out my handbook, Hey, don't take that for what it is because that's an old one. Things have changed. You need to look it up. Each state is different um, and their requirements and things like that. So yeah, you have, at least have to educate yourself for that, those things too. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't take um, for granted that your employees, when you hand them the policies and procedures, actually read them, even if you pay them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. so we do <laughs> once a quarter, like, you know, we go over it. <laughs> Anything that's changed and it's just... <laughs> Like, here you go, a fresh copy, like <laughs> ask questions. And another thing we've started, because as far as the whole um, employee growth and changing and adapting, like one thing we learned, uh, we're, we like Dave Ramsey and his systems and things, yes. but he has a, you know, entre leadership book and it talks about in there um, asking your employees for one positive and one negative thing since, you know, a certain amount of time. And for us, we try to do it quarterly. Um mm -hmm. And nobody wants to bring up the negative things, you know, and it's, we try to be open and approachable, but when it comes down to it, if you're the business owner, you, no matter how good of a relationship you have, you are intimidating, you're unapproachable, you, it produces anxiety. Um, so now we, it, we've kind of made it mandatory, like they have to present something. I mean, it can be something as little as I don't like my foot mat that I stand on, you know, it's just, right. but you have to come up with something instead of just saying, Oh, it's great. Everything's fine. Because if we can't change what we don't know about and yes. our groomers kind of came up with, and we think it's a great idea. So now we're really trying to push it is they have their own little network where they talk about, and they have one spokesperson. So, cause you know, if, I'm not sure what class we heard this in, but if it's one person with an issue, it's probably that person. If it's more than one person, it's probably, that's when you need to start looking at you as the owner, as the business, as, and so now they can get together and talk about issues or things that are going on. And a lot of times they'll just, it'll be something to where one of them is like, oh, well try this and it fixes it. And then sometimes it's things where it may be a communication thing with a customer that we need to fix, but there's one spokesperson who's comfortable coming to us and we don't know who even said it or who has a problem with it. And that's really helped just in, since we've implemented that we've had two or three things that have, you know, been adding up that we had no idea about and that it was as simple as changing the wording and our confirmation messages for one of them. And like, it took yeah. all the stress and anxiety that all these groomers had that we didn't know about yeah. um, just by not having to come to us directly. So um that's a good thing too. That's a way that's helping us grow to, to kind of create more of that positive environment. It is, And it's not just you. It's hard. I bang my head against the wall almost every day because they understand that I can't change things I don't know, but no one wants to speak up. Yes. Um, and I am realizing I hired a manager right around um, TechQuest and it's beautifully because they're going to her. 
I, she's not mom, right? right. You're not the yeah. parents and you're not the scary owner and uh-huh. you're, not, you're the cool aunt. Yeah. And <laughs> you're the cool aunt here. And, um, you know, it's really funny after she got into that position, the things that she heard and she's like, you know, Denise doesn't even know about these things. Right. And it was just left to their own vices that that's what happens. It's, mm-hmm. it's society. That's the way pe- that's the way human beings are. And I love that just having a spokesperson because you're not promoting someone to a lead. You're not, you know, maybe necessarily needing to add a manager, but you're giving them a voice that is sort of silent, that they don't have to feel weird and and nervous about bringing up. And that's really cool. And you find that's how you grow your business is when you hear these things. I mean, some of the things that I started to hear in the last like month or two was I changed it in two hours, if that. And yeah. like one of them was the way we scheduled um, families with two dogs. They're like, can we have like a half hour longer? I'm like, yeah. And it, apparently this has been a thing for years. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and then like in yeah. 10 minutes, I literally changed it and said, okay, guys, receptionist, here's what we're doing. Yeah. Fix what I could. So um, that's great though. I love that. But hearing all those little things really do add up over time. Yeah, they definitely do. So, so where do you see uh, you taking your business next? I know you said you're looking at two, possibly two more locations and um, are all your locations relatively close or? So yes, um, currently they are. Um, They are about, I'm trying to think miles wise, they're about 20 minutes away from each other. The cat salon is central. So when we opened the cat salon, we told all of our cat grooming clients, we will no longer be grooming at our locations, the dog locations, that if they want us to continue doing their dog or their cats, they have to come to the central location. And we did find a spot that was pretty central to both of them. That's Um, Yeah. So then we only do nail trims at those. Now, the two locations, the one we're looking at is a little bit farther away, probably about 30, 35 minutes. Um, but it's an existing with employees and I've never taken that on. Um, the other one actually happened to pop up on Facebook and it's in South Carolina. So okay. yeah, a little far from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's okay. Um, because when, have you guys heard of Chris Berry or have you watched any of her yeah. stuff? She okay. actually, I did my dissertation on turnover and pet grooming, and she was quoted quite a bit in it. <laughs> oh, I love Chris. She yeah. is just amazing. And she's always, the first time I went to one of her seminars, I'm like, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. Because I always felt like this odd person out. Like I wanted more. I didn't want to be just myself. Anyways, I love Chris. Um, and um, she was actually the one, when I first did it, she had her look. At the time, five locations, three were in Kentucky, two were in Florida. I'm like, that's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's really cool. And I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it. So I've always been open. Actually, we were thinking Arizona to have a nice winter place. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, we have to go out there. Yeah. Yeah. Area, you know. Uh Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, there we oh. go. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool. We're Molly's her first idea when we first opened was 
mo we did mo mobile first, but she's like, I want to have mobiles in Florida too. And because yeah, I'm uh we live in Tennessee, so our winters are not terrible, but the older I get, the more I hate them. <laughs> and uh so my goal was, you know, I'll start mobile and I'll have two or three here and then I'll move to Florida and do two or three there. And that's not the direction we've taken, but um <laughs> You know, the more people we meet and see that, you know, having them in different areas and states and, you know, when you have the foundation set up, you don't have to be there all the time and stuff. And so those are things that we're really trying to work on, too. So it's exciting to hear that that's, you know, something you're looking at as well. So yeah. um, we'll share all your social media stuff in the notes, but where, where's the best place for people to find information about you? Um, currently it's Facebook, um, the ambitious groomer, either you can find me privately, which is, I'm really easy to find, um, because of the fact of my last name, <laughs> um, I'm really easy to find or, um, my ambitious groomer group is the easiest way to connect business wise. Currently, um, I have a few things in the works that will hopefully get a website launched, uh, beginning of next year and stuff like that to make it a little bit easier, but honestly, private message and I, I, I welcome everybody. Everyone's friends. We're all in this together. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so are, do you have more speaking lined up for the rest of the year? We can tell people about. Yes. So I will be at all American. I will be at super zoo, the follow, like we go right to super zoo. Yeah. Short. I come home for, you know, Monday and then I leave Tuesday. <laughs> Um, I will be at Hershey. I actually have, I'm excited. Don't tell anyone I haven't started it yet though. I have a four hour certificate course for awesome. business. Yeah. For business. Um, it'll be their Thursday class classes at Hershey, um, pet pro classic. And then I maybe at, um, new England and fun in the sun. Um, and then in between those, I don't, I know I brought it up a little bit, but I'm also um, one of the onboard, Karina Stamworthy and I are um, the onboard directors for the Barkley Pet Pro Cruise. So we will be going to Bermuda in September um, and hopefully we'll have a little bit of speaking on there and Terry DiMarino is our, our speaker. So we're super excited. This is our first time we're doing it. We're going to be offering two cruises through Barkley and her and I are in charge of pretty much everything. Wow, that, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so. We were looking into those. Those seem like, uh, you know, you get the fun and the business and who doesn't love a cruise? So, <laughs> yes. so Bermuda is in September. We will be announcing. Um, I can sort of announce it. It's okay. They haven't. She's just getting everything finalized. We'll be doing January. Um, we'll be two places in Mexico. So we'll awesome. be announcing yeah. that soon. And then September. So we're going to try and do a fall and a winter one. Um each year that's awesome. that's awesome yeah so well i think that's uh yeah we've appreciated all i got today. yeah oh good thank you thank you and um we will get with you with everything and we're excited to air this and uh just thank you for sharing everything you did today anytime it was nice to be here and i appreciate you guys thinking of me awesome thanks <laughs> <laughs> thank you